In this episode of EdTech Back to the Basics, we will be focusing on the topic of feedback. We all know that feedback can be critical to success, but knowing how to set up your processes so that giving feedback is actually helpful to all involved is one key component that instructional technology can help and support. Hey colleagues, it's Mandy here and your host of the EdTech Back to the Basics podcast. Today, I'm going to be focusing on the topic of feedback. I want to explain how I use instructional technology to give students feedback that they actually could use while not spending every single moment of my day giving it. Feedback, when done right, can be an amazing instructional tool that can allow students or staff, depending on what your role is, to grow exponentially. When given with a purpose, feedback can not only encourage growth, but also open new doors for staff and students to go down. The key word here though is purpose. We have to keep in mind that when giving feedback, the goal of that feedback should relate back to the why of what we were doing or asking our students to do, which is where instructional technology can completely change your teaching strategy with respect to feedback. There are so many different ways to give feedback that they can all and they can all be helpful depending on what your purpose is. So in today's episode, I want to give you a bunch of ways that I use instructional technology to give feedback to my students and staff. So I'm going to start first with talking about if your school uses Google. When using Google, there are so many already created things out there for feedback, but we don't necessarily know when to use what or what are all the different options out there with how often they are updating them. So that's what this first part of my podcast is going to be on today is those tools within Google that just allow you to give quick, efficient, but most importantly, purposeful feedback to your students. So let's start first with Google Docs, Slides, and Sheets. These three of the Google app suite, educational suite, allow you to use some different features that all three of them uh, can use. So the first one is consider using the comment box. Um, we know it's there. We use it with staff, right, to give ideas or like think about this. What if you use that for feedback? One of the biggest things I hear from teachers is I like to print out all their essays or I have students print out their paper for me and then I hand grade it with that red pen, right? It's always that red pen. I remember growing up and having uh, my mom sitting at home grading. She was an elementary school teacher and she'd be grading work and I'd always see that red pen out. And then when she allowed me to start helping grade some work, it had to be that red pen. As a student though, that red pen can be a little daunting if you see a lot circled on your paper, right? And you're looking at this printed paper and every other word is circled or there's all this writing and you're crossing out and things are all over the place. It can get difficult to see. So instead, if you use that comment box in their Google document, they see their whole document. They see the comments that once they have fixed it, they can resolve it, but that's still there. They can go back and unopen it. They can back open it up, look back at what you said or be like, nope, I'm good and keep it resolved. Now, to make this even more efficient, try using the ability to tag your students in that comment. So what I mean by that is if you put the at sign and then type in your student's name, it should auto pop up their email. What it'll do is it'll actually send your students an email directly to that part. So we all know that students don't open their emails all the time, right? But if you tell them, in your class or you're doing it in your agendas or whatever that might be for how you set up your structure, hey, check out your email. I sent you feedback on your assignment. 
they now have it right there. They don't have to go somewhere else. It's literally popping right up if they're using their phone or wherever they're at. Now within slides, another option besides the comment box, which you totally still can use in slides, is also the speaker notes. So if you have a longer maybe piece of feedback you wanna give to students, think about using the speaker note feature. So it's right below each of the slides, there's a different one in there, and you can type your responses right in the bottom that allow a little bit more of a bigger piece if you wanna add um, kind of more context to what you're saying rather than some quick feedback efficiently along the way. Now what's nice about the speaker box is you can use the um, voice typing right within Google to type into the bottom piece. So if you like to do that rather than hand typing, you wanna voice speak it, you absolutely can and it'll type for you using that same feature. Now one of the biggest pieces that I don't think a lot of staff use or a lot of teachers use is the idea of using suggested mode rather than edit mode. Students turn in an assignment, they share an assignment, Again, we're all talking through Google. Your, when you open it, it's gonna open up to edit mode as default. If you switch it over in the right-hand side to suggesting, what that does is it helps kind of give more of that suggestion in place. So I've had it happen so many times where a staff member or somebody I'm working with and I've asked for feedback on something, will put the comments um, with what their feedback is of what they are like, hey, you know what, think of writing it this way. And I'm like, yeah, I love that. But now me as the as the like owner of the document, I have to go back to where they put it, copy it, go back to where it was, delete out what I put, put in theirs, and then go back through it. Whereas with suggested uh, suggestion mode, you can actually put your suggestion right where it is. And if they agree with it, they hit apply and it goes right in place. It takes out some of those steps that then students don't have to do. The other part is with suggested mode, you can then use that voice typing again, like I talked about with the speaker's notes. So again, if you are, as you're going through it and you just wanna be able to speak your idea right with it, you can use that idea to voice type it. Now, tech tip here is if you are having students do a group project, so there's multiple students working on the same thing, maybe it's a full class slide deck and you want to give an email to just one kid, because the way that Google works uh, if you don't know, is when a one document's created, if a comment's put in that document, the owner of the document will get an email that a comment was made. But if it's a group project, the student you may be wanting to look at that exact feedback won't necessarily get that email. So if you tag that student in that feedback in the comment, all of a sudden that student is now gonna get that email as well. So that kind of is a way to tech tip there of just making sure the right student is getting the comment and the feedback that you're wanting them to get. Now, one of my favorite ways to give feedback to students and staff is using Google Forms. And you're like, how do you give feedback using Google Forms? Okay, here's the process. So you set up your own Google Form to start, right? I've got all my students' names in there. I've got are my staff names in there now. Um, and the way I have it set up is I've got kind of some basic, really general questions that I see. Students and staff don't fill this form in. I fill it in. And based on what my responses are, an automated email goes out to my staff. So if I'm looking at a paper, let's say for my students, and I'm seeing here, and I, my first question would be like their name, and I select their name, so I know it's going to them. The next question would be, what are some positives I wanna give the student? I can type my responses right in there, go to the next question, what is an area of growth? I can type my response right in there, 
And when I hit submit, I can have it auto send that student because I selected their name. It'll tie back to their email, auto send that student an email that'll be generated based on a template I created to give them their feedback. So why would this be helpful? Well, if you are the teacher who wants to have everything printed, you want that paper copy in front of you, but you wanna make sure the students are getting that feedback. And maybe it's a student who is virtual, or maybe it's a case of you wanna keep the hard copy, the original, have them edit their copy, and you don't wanna lose that original feedback. Now you can give it to them in two different places. So I really love giving Google Form feedback because it can make a really efficient process for me to get that feedback back to students or staff. Now, in addition, you could also have a Google Form that's going to students to fill in. So think of it as a way of a student filling in kind of like their exit ticket for the day. And they start with a question of what worked well today? How did they do? And they answer that one. Then it's what didn't work so well? what stopped them from maybe being as successful as they could have been. And then that third question, this was always my favorite question to ask was, what are ways I, Miss Adams, could support them as a student to be successful? And you're gonna get like the really silly answer of like, nothing I'm good or give me more time, you're gonna get those. But you're also gonna get some really thoughtful responses of students who are like, I'm struggling with this concept. How do I move forward? Or I understand this part, but I don't see the connection from here to here. Can we walk through that in class next time? The amount of students who really did take that survey every single class period as their exit ticket and use it as a way to give feedback back to me so that I could then support them as we move forward. So it's not just a feedback in one direction. Now that Google form becomes a feedback between each other. So on top of Google Forms, slides, docs, all those things, Google Classroom, which has become such a big piece with a lot of our Google, a lot of Google districts right now because they didn't have something set up before. So now we have all of these schools, all of these teachers using Google Classroom. And the cool part with Classroom is there are some amazing ways to do feedback right into Classroom. So if you don't know, you can email directly through Classroom to each of your students and their parents, which can be really helpful. But even in addition to that, on every assignment, you can actually give feedback right in Classroom, and then it stays with that assignment. But if you want to take it one step further, and if your district uses rubrics or standards or things like that when you're grading, you can actually add that directly into the assignment. So I loved doing this because what it allowed me to do is it allowed me to grade right off the rubric right digitally to them. So they're seeing the rubric there. They're not seeing a number. They're literally seeing the rubric. I was able to select where in the rubric they fell, write in my comments, my feedback, hit submit. The students now have it digitally right to them immediately. But I also now efficiently can export those scores out and import them right into my gradebook um, that we kept. So that made it really easy and efficient for me to give students the feedback, but then also taking that same feedback, taking those grades, taking those scores, and just immediately put them right into my gradebook. You're like, well, how does that save you time? You're still having to transfer them over. Correct, I'm still transferring it over to copy and paste, for me at least, um, but now think about if you're not having to hand type each of those, one paper, look at it, put it in, next paper, put it in, next paper, put it in. Um, it does go a lot faster. 
So I started this whole podcast on this idea of Google-based tools. But what if you're not a Google district? There are a lot of districts that are not necessarily using Google as, um, as much as others are. They're using other systems. So I want to make sure I do talk about how to do feedback non-using Google tools, because there are so many amazing ways of doing that. Um, so this next set of tools and tricks can be used if you're school district is a Google district, or if they're not, um, they are tools that can integrate in or out based on what your needs are. So probably one of my favorite areas to give feedback to staff and students is through video. Now, these videos vary based on if it's just my screen, if it's my voice, if it's my face, if it's a mixture or all three of those options. Um, I found that using video feedback to give to students and staff really allowed them to hear my tone and my expression in my feedback so they understood where I was putting emphasis on things. I also found it a lot easier to say what I was trying to get across than sometimes trying to write it. So going through video, it allowed me to showcase that. I could do a screencast and it would show their screen. Maybe I was talking through their paper and I was highlighting on their paper as I'm talking through it. Or I'm circling, I'm annotating a reading as I'm giving it back to them based on what they wrote. So here are some of my favorite ways to provide video feedback to students um, that I use all the time. So the first one would be Screencastify. Uh, using Screencastify, this allowed me to give multiple different types of feedback options with between, again, using my voice, using my screen, using having my face in the picture. I could go back and forth based on what the needs really were. Um, I found that for students who hearing is an issue, because I did have some students who were hearing impaired, um, giving them the option of the video with my face opened up a door to be more comfortable because they were really great at lip reading, but not necessarily hearing every word. So by putting my face in the video, I now opened that door for them to be able to read my lips, see the closed captions, and hear it. All three of those options now were kind of given to them in that feedback. So with Google um, with Screencastify, one thing to think about as you're doing them is if you are again a Google district, you can save any of your videos to your Google Drive. So one way efficiently that I found that this was really helpful to me was, um, especially working with staff, was as I was making some support videos of things that worked well or didn't well, I could make them as examples and say, here's an example of how you would do this. So when you're thinking of your paper, now think about using this technique of it. So that was able, allowing me to use student work to become examples for other students to use. And that feedback then wasn't just a one and done thing. I could continuously go back to it and use it and keep growing um, with the rest of my students on it. In addition, if you are having students making a video assessment, if their assessment or their assignment is to make some sort of video, think about using the screencast device submit option. So what it's super cool, I can make the assignment in Screencastify. The students can then record their whole video project, put it all together in there. They submit it in one easy place right where they recorded it. I can then give them feedback right in the same place. So it's a one-stop shop for students to be able to record, make their product, for me to turn it in, for me to be able to see it, to give them feedback and going back and forth with it. Definitely check it out if you've not looked at the Screencastify submit option. A second 
favorite tool of mine, probably pretty close to almost of all time, is Flipgrid. Flipgrid has become one of my favorite ways to use discussion, use um, images, use different pieces of digital media in my classroom, especially in the sense of feedback. So how do you use it? If you've never tried it before, please go and try it. Let me know. Tag me on Twitter. Tag me somewhere. Let me know your thoughts of it because it's going to change your life. So I loved using this tool to start the school year off. Day one, students would make a video for me. And in that video, they would have to do a couple of things. They'd have to say their name for me the way they want it said. So they could then pronunciate it for me so that I could go over and hear and hear and hear it again, especially for some of the names that I struggled with saying. That was super helpful. Two, they would tell me things that they were interested in that maybe they weren't comfortable saying out loud in front of a bunch of kids they didn't know, um, which kind of then allowed me to have some of those ideas of ways of engaging them in work as the year went on. But then three, it also was an ability for students to tell me, what is something I need to know about you? How do you learn best? What are things that you think you might struggle with and what can we work on? It was a private moment between the student and myself that I could have they, they would film them. I would give them all five minutes to start the class period. They would film their video. Um, and then I would be able to go back and watch those. And with the one part I really love about Flipgrid is I could then video back to them. So I would listen to their response and I would video back to them, asking them further questions, telling them about if they talked about their puppy and that was really interesting to them, talking about my dog and talking about kind of making that personal connection to what their interests are and things like that. So it really allowed me to open the door for communication from day one. Well, when you create that relationship, you create that piece, when you give feedback, it's a lot easier to receive it because you don't feel like the person doesn't know you. So I definitely love that idea of using video in that, in, in that way. But an additional way you can use Flipgrid is to allow students to give feedback to one another. So here's an example. I had sophomores pretty much all the way through the last five years, um, really kind of maintained a sophomore class. And so by sophomore year, they are starting to get to know each other, but they're still really questioning who are they? Are they, uh, do they think what I think? Are they going to judge me? All of those pieces come in, right? So what I would do is every day we would do a Flipgrid assignment, something just to get them talking. And the beginning ones were something really simple, like what's your biggest strength, what's your biggest weakness, um, what's your favorite ice cream flavor, just easy things like that, because I needed to get them talking. And then we would lead up to probably my favorite video of the year, which was, which came first, the chicken or the egg? And I prefaced this with saying, know that other students have the ability to see your response. But they had to answer the question, which came first, the chicken or the egg? And they had to answer it with what, which came first and then why they think that. And it's like this super funny answer because the kids get so into that answer. Like they have their thought process and they all get into it. So that was, that's the first day. The next day they come back to class. I tell them we're going back to that video, but now they have to watch two others of their classmates' videos and respond to them. And we talk about it as in the sense of, just saying I agree or I disagree doesn't help them. It doesn't help their understanding. It doesn't help grow your understanding. And it really isn't going to work to try to persuade somebody by just saying that. 
So how do we persuade you? How do we talk about, how do we give that feedback to like expand their understanding or ask them following questions? And so we would talk about that as a full group, that discussion of how that works. And then I would set them free to go and listen to their classmates' videos and respond. The next class period would come and we would do it again. But this time they had to go back. And if anyone responded to theirs, they had to respond back. And they had to pick two more classmates, two brand new classmates. So now they listened to four different classmates' answers and responded to them. All of a sudden that opened up a door for students to not only hear each other, expand on their reasoning. It grew the skill of not just I'm giving them feedback, but it grew the skill of them giving each other feedback. But because they were so used to giving this video responses, it made it really easy for them to be able to do that. Well, then what happened the next day was we came back and we had the discussion as a whole class. So we went from a safe place where they didn't feel like everyone was staring at them because it was a one-on-one -on -one environment with just them to this bigger thing where they could answer. And all of a sudden, every student's talking and we're getting very rowdy and loud and people are like yelling at each other, like, you're wrong. No, this is why. This has to be right. You can't do this. At one point, I think we got to a dinosaur was involved, by the way. Super weird conversation, but totally made sense at the time. But it did. It opened this door for students to really feel comfortable with each other and giving feedback because they knew how to give it and they knew why they were giving it. So it was more than just their ideas that they were getting, but now they're getting perspectives. Now they're growing their understanding and they're growing their skill of being able to talk about what it is they're wanting to say. But the biggest thing I think I wanna really talk about is this idea that feedback can come in all forms, from quick hand raising to post-it notes to Google Forms and videos. Feedback can be not only be used for students, but students to students, students to staff, staff to staff, um, really think about how we grow as teachers and how we grow as humans and how students can grow. So I want you to think about one moment here. Think about a time where you have been in your classroom. You are doing everything you can possibly do to support students. But if you don't ask them for their feedback, are you really supporting their needs? So we all know that we as educators don't have enough time, right? Time, I think, is the comment we all talk about. I need so much more time to get things ready, to get things right, to be able to give the amount of feedback I want to give, to really push forward and reach that student who with just one more week, I could get them there. I could, with more time, one more five-minute five out session, I can get them to the next level. But if we don't ask students for their feedback, how are we really meeting their needs? It can be such a vulnerable thing to ask for feedback from your students because it's opening a door to say that maybe you're, you haven't done things the right way. But it can also be so valuable. Now, let me tell you about a time that this happened for me. So I had a student who was straight A's across the board, probably one of the absolute sweetest kids. Um, again, it was a sophomore totally involved in school at home. Um, I happened to have had his older sister, same way family was very involved in their education. Um, this was kind of the kid that everyone's like, oh, I would take 50 of them in a class, right? High end of the spectrum of ability level. And it was kind of at the point of my thinking that 
we're in high school, but I need to start training you for life after high school. If you know you're struggling with this skill, how are you going to support yourself so that you know you can do it? And so I would train them the first couple units. I would make their like study guides, things like that for them. And then we would start transitioning to the point of them making them themselves. Because me just making a very generic study guide won't necessarily hit every student. But if I train them in different ways, now they can make one that works for what they need. And so I was totally my full belief in on, in on it. And that's what I was doing. And I remember this day so vividly. The student walked up to me and said, Miss Adams, I have a problem. And I was like, wait, what? Okay, like, let's talk about it. What's going on? And he said, I wanted to ask for a support. And I said, yeah, what do you need? And he said, do you by chance have a created review guide? And I was like, what? You have all the words. You're good. And he was like, no, I don't have the time to make one and then study with it. Whereas if I just had it, I could just be studying. And that made me take a step back because it made me think about the fact of how often we say we don't have time. But in today's world, our students don't have much time either. They have all of these other things going on too. And it opened my eyes to this idea that I was doing this because this is what I thought was right, but I had never asked the students, was it helping them? Was it creating more stress for them to do what I could have done very simply and given to all of them? And it was at that moment that I was like, I said to the student, I will have one for you by the end of the day. Um, mind you, the end of the day, I was, I said, oh, like by the nighttime. Um, so he was I had a student in my fourth hour class. So it was the end of the day already. But by like that night, I would have one for him to study. And I opened my eyes right there to think about if this student hadn't given me that feedback and I hadn't opened a relationship with this student to be vulnerable, where he felt comfortable to say, you know, this isn't working for me. He never would have spoke up. That feedback allowed me to then open the door for other students as well. So then what I started doing was I'd make one. And if the students wanted to use that one, they could. So it wasn't just, it was a one and done be all, but here's an option. If you want to use it, you can, but remember those other tools we talked about that you might like better. There's those, those two. And so that little piece of feedback was so huge for me. So I want you to think about how feedback can open up the door for you. Now, yes, we have to take feedback with a grain of salt because you're going to get the, this was horrible. I hated this. This wasn't fun, right? And school isn't always meant to be fun. There's going to be hard work that is difficult for kids, especially if they struggle. So you're going to get all sorts of feedback when you open it up to students. And some things will be actionable and that are in your control and some aren't going to be. So when it comes, but what it comes down to is the type of questions you're asking and then how you respond to it. We've all been asked to give feedback at some point or another and not seen anything come of it. And when we see nothing come of it, the next time that feedback comes back from the same person, we're like, what's the point? It's it's not going to happen. So I'm not going to put all this effort into giving you feedback of what I think could really be better if I don't see anything coming back from it. The students feel the same way. If you're going to ask for the feedback, make sure you're open to listening to it. I'm not saying you have to change everything because one student said it, but it does open a door that you might start seeing more and more students being able to say it and open a door for a more 
equitable classroom of where you're hitting the needs of all your students. So how can you do that? Think about giving your students that Google form that I talked about earlier in the podcast, where you're asking what went well in their day, what didn't go so well in this class period, and how can you support? What are things you can tell Ms. Adams, you can tell yourself about how today could have gone better? What would have worked better? If you're really needing some great questions to start this, a book that uh, we use for our district PD is called Developing Expert Learners. It's by Michael McDowell. He has in there a bunch of question starters that you can use that open that door for students to provide feedback. So it can literally be just your question listed there and it's, it's open-ended. And all of a sudden, you're going to get a bunch of different type of answers, but that really does um, provide some actionable feedback for you. And again, that's that the book is called Developing Expert Learners by Michael McDowell. Fantastic book. I've loved reading it. Um, it really kind of energized my idea of like how I could see teaching in practice happen, how I can see us really focusing on research-based strategies and putting it into action, which is super fun. That's why I love my job. Um, I'll do a different podcast one day about what I really do and why I love it and how it kind of makes me really excited to go to work every day. But that is for a different day. Um, So again, today really dealt on this idea of feedback and how we as educators give feedback in so many ways, right? I mean, we literally see a student in the hallway and they'll ask us a question about their paper and we know the answer because we spend so much time on that. So what I really want you to focus in on is this idea of keeping your feedback to your purpose. What are you really asking of your students? And does your feedback hit that? If your feedback is more geared in a different direction, what was the purpose of doing that assignment in the first place? Well, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining me with this topic. I hope you've learned something new or found a new tool that you want to try with feedback within your classroom. Check out the description for a form to let me know how you already are giving feedback or things you have tried or you want to try. I'm always open to new ideas. And if no one has told you yet today, you are doing great things. Keep it up.